You're listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle of Gary Cottle Ministries on today's edition. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. This is personal. And there's a lot of people today who have so many personal demons to fight that they can't stress over what they're doing over there in Washington, D.C. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God wants to teach us how to walk through the midnight. No matter where the darkness is, there's light to light our path. Life sure is a mixed bag filled with the highest highs and the lowest lows. But how do you handle the times of struggle when you can barely keep your head above the waves? Today, Pastor Gary invites you to see what Psalm 27 has to say about walking through the midnight hour of life, those times when everything is dark and unknown. You'll be encouraged to stick close to the Lord and to listen for Him to speak. Pastor Gary reminds you that only God can carry you through and give you what you need to keep going. Now, here's Pastor Gary in Psalm 27 as he begins his message, Walking Through Midnight. Psalm chapter 27, and I'm going to read the entire chapter if I may, and then I'll zero in on what we want to focus on with God's help. All right, Psalm chapter 27, verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, come upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock. Mm. And now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of, read the next word with me, joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me, and answer me. When thou saidst, Seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. 
Deliver me not over unto the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. I had fainted, unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Look at verse 11 again. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. And if your Bible's like mine, you can flip one page back, and I look at Psalm 23, verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Today my assignment is to preach to you on walking through the midnight hour. The psalmist said in verse 11, Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path. If you look that word up, it basically and simply means a path that is not full of obstruction, a path that is level, easy to walk upon, because David was readily admitting and praying about enemies that surrounded him that set up traps and snares for him to trip him up. In the day and age in which we live, this world is becoming more and more hostile to the Christian, and they deliberately and intentionally participate in Satan's plan to trip us up to get us snared and entangled in something and cause us to die on a hill that God never called us to die on. And if we're not careful, we will become entangled in the fights they want us to fight instead of fighting the fight for their soul through prayer and through the declaration of God's Word. And in this day and age in which we live, if we're going to be effective walking through this midnight hour as a church that we're walking through, we're going to have to be equipped with the Word of God and filled with the Spirit of God. You can't just respond to every attack. You can't just uh, speak your mind when somebody launches out and attacks you. We've got to have God's instructions on how to walk through the midnight hour because after all, it is a very dark and lonely place to be. The Bible says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. But if we're not careful, Satan will lure us away from the words until it gets just dark enough to where he has you trapped. And, and you bite the bait and you become uh, ineffective for the cause of Christ and worse, bring shame to the name of Christ. And we're called to be children of the light. We're not called to curse the darkness. We're called to light a candle. And we need the instruction of the Spirit of God to teach us how to walk through this midnight hour of the end times that we find ourselves living in. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be doable with the guidance of the Spirit of God. Can I get another amen? Hallelujah. Uh, If you give me enough amens, I'll stop asking for them. (laughs) Uh, So I'm just in the teaching mode this morning. I'll teach you how to say it eventually, amen, without being prompted, but hallelujah. Teach me thy way. And then he gets personal in Psalm 23. We talked about the darkness of the hour of the age in which we live, but now watch this. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. This is personal. And there's a lot of people today 
who have so many personal demons to fight that they can't stress over what they're doing over there in Washington, D.C. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God wants to teach us how to walk through the midnight. No matter where the darkness is, there's light to light our path. And God can help us with that. If you're interested, say amen. So let me give you some things I believe the Lord's helped me with. But I want to say this, uh, let me give this, uh, lead into this with an illustration. I remember when I was a little boy growing up at Daddy's house, I, I was raised in Trap Hill, North Carolina. Uh, it, it was just like it sounds, a place that you get trapped and can't hardly get out of unless the Lord finds you, amen, uh, and pulls you out. And that's what he did for me, but uh, just a little country place out in the middle of God only knew where. And uh, we lived on a little five-acre plot that Dad bought. He bought an old shack, really, and, and decided to raise his family there. Didn't do much with the shack, and so uh, I wish I had a picture to show you the shack that I lived in growing up. It was humble beginnings, and anyway, uh, you know, regardless of my history and my upbringing or, and, and the lack of wealth and the poverty that we lived through and all of that, uh, I will have to say something about my father as, as he made sure that we had food on the table, and he, he made sure that we had a roof over our head, and he wasn't always a saint. In fact, he didn't get saved till I was nine years old. But when God saved him, he changed his life dramatically. But one thing I remembered is I always enjoyed spending time with Dad because I felt comfortable around him, and he was fun to hang out with, and he always would like to try to make me laugh. And I just enjoyed spending time in the presence of my father. We were living on uh, well water, not well water, but uh, spring water at the time. Uh, there was an old spring down in what we called the holler. If you're a country boy, say amen. <laughs> and, uh, and it was down through the woods, a good little walk. Daddy built this pump house right next to this uh, spring. And, and every time it rained and come a gully washer, the water would be muddy for a few days. I mean, it was what I'm talking about showing up a, a good spring that we lived off of. But every winter, the pipes would freeze it, without fail. He'd have to go down there and figure out where the coal's getting in and how he can produce more heat. And it would always freeze at night, of course. And Daddy always needed help going down there. And guess who got to help Dad go down to the pump house in the middle of the night? Of course, it was me and my brothers. And uh, we would have to tote the flashlights or whatever, you know. And I remember those journeys down through them dark woods. I never liked for Daddy to get too far ahead of me because... I felt like the light was escaping me and Daddy's presence was escaping me. And I was scared of the dark as a little boy. But if I could catch up to Daddy and walk right there by his side and walk in his light, I was safe, I was secure, I was happy. Can I get an amen this morning? And, and David is saying the same thing. Yea, thou walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil for why thou art with me. Don't let the devil lie to you and tell you and convince you that God has forgotten about you or that God has forsaken you in your trouble. Now, I know sometimes the flesh wants to entertain the question, why has God not answered my prayer? Why has God not brought healing? Why did God not spare me of this trouble and this heartache? But the church needs to learn the lesson that the thief is the one that came to steal and to kill 
and to destroy. And it was Jesus that come to bring life and to bring it more abundantly. Don't blame God for what the devil's done in your life. Amen, church? And we need to know who our friend is and who our enemy is. God is our friend. God is our advocate. I can't explain to you why sometimes he doesn't answer prayers the way we ask him to answer them. But I can tell you this, when you can't see his hand, you can always trust his heart to lead you in the right direction. Amen. And I want to give you quickly five things that will help us walk through the midnight hour of our lives. Number one, you need to lift him up in praise. Psalm 27, 1 opened up, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? So he began first off lifting up the Lord Jesus Christ, lifting up his heavenly father. Jesus even taught us in the model prayer that when we begin to pray, the first thing off our lips ought to be our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Before you do anything, no proper protocol in the presence of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Before you ask for anything, give him praise that's wor- that he's worthy of. Give him praise and glory and honor in this place. Uh, if you're going to get through the midnight, you're going to have to learn how to lift him up in praise in your life. You say, but Brother Gary, I don't feel like praising him. He never asked uh, if you felt like it. He said, uh, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Uh, we, we criticize churches. You, you, I've heard churches criticize. Well, all they got over there is a bunch of hypocrites, and they up there shouting on Sunday and cussing on Saturday. Well, I agree that it ought not to be that way, but when God said, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord, that even included the hypocrite. Amen. A, a hypocrite's praise of God. Don't intimidate him because he's worthy of all of it. Whether you know him or not, he's worthy of it. Can somebody say amen? We need to learn how to lift him up uh, in spite of our sorrow, in spite of our uh, shame, in spite of our trouble, and even in spite of our own sins and mistakes, uh, uh, who we are and what we're going through does not change his nature, does not change his character. He's still God. He's still on the throne. He's still able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that you could ask or think, uh, and might I add, even imagine. Amen. Uh, And so lift him up, and you'd be surprised at what God will do, because he inhabits, that is, he dwells in the praises of his people. Uh, Bottom line, God loves praise. And if you want to get his attention quicker, real quick, you just lift him up. Now, there's something about praising God when he answers prayer, and we ought to. But there's something even more precious about praising God when the answer ain't come yet. Uh, When I'm fighting hell by the acre... When the demons are crawling on my back and trying to weigh me down and pull me off my path, uh, when I can just say blessed, like Job said, uh, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Uh, He's worthy of all of our praise because Daddy knows best. Amen. So we need to learn to lift him up, church, and we need to lift him up often and frequently, and you can't praise him enough. Uh, I know they try to shut us down when we go to praising God, and I know praising God makes some people uncomfortable, but let me tell you what makes God uncomfortable 
acceptable was when his people, redeemed by his blood, saved by his grace, blessed with his blessings, uh, sit silent when they should be lifting up his name. I don't know about you, but I want God to be comfortable in his house. Uh, If we're going to make anybody uncomfortable, it ought to be those that refuse to give him the praise that's due his name. Who do you want to offend? Amen. I don't want to offend my Lord. My Lord has been too good to me, and they can't nobody in this house rob me of the praise that I'm going to give to him because you don't know where he's brought me from. You don't know what he's done for me. And I might upset you a little bit, but I quite frankly don't really care because I care about the one who did it all for me. And he's worthy whether you join in and help me praise him or not. Amen. Woo, glory to God. Lift him up, church. Lift him up. The Lord is my light. He's my salvation. I'm not going to fear. He's my strength. Uh, I mean, he's my everything. Amen. Lift him up and praise. Number two, I got to hurry. We, we got to do this. Verse 12 illustrates that we need to list to him our petitions. After you've praised him and only after, then you can begin to pour your heart out to him. And David illustrated that in verse 12. There's other verses, but for sake of time, I'll just look at verse 12. He said, Deliver me not over unto the will of mine enemies. False witnesses are risen up against me, such as breathe out cruelty. I mean, people can get mean. People can get hurtful. And don't be surprised if the first place you experience the deepest pain is in the place that God wants you to flourish and thrive, the church. People get hurt worse in church than they do on the job site. Why is that? Well, we expect better of each other. And then when somebody disappoints you, it hurts. Am I just being real? So God wants you to bear your sorrow to Him, to carry it to Him, to list to Him your concerns, your issues does not intimidate the burden lifter. There's no weight too great for him to handle. One of the mistakes that we make is we don't always bear the fullness of our heart in the presence of God. We act as if we can hide something from God. Maybe we're thinking it, but we don't want to really say it. We've been taught, many of us, not to ever ask God why. But my Bible don't teach me that. In fact, the, perfect, the most perfect man that ever lived asked his father why on the cross. Have you ever thought about that? If Jesus can ask the father why, I can ask the father why. Because here's the thing, I don't ask him why because I'm accusing his character. I'm asking him why because I need him to help me understand. I trust him, but i got to know a little bit more than what's going on sometimes. Because sometimes the lack of knowledge can be overwhelming. But what's happening when God doesn't give us the answer? Let Let me put it to you this way. Sometimes what you need more than an answer is peace and reassurance. Because if God told you everything you think you're burdened now, You think you're broke down now because you don't know? Solomon said knowledge is grievous. There's some things that God knows you're better off not knowing because you wouldn't be able to understand it if he told you. 
Why would God waste your time and his telling you, trying to explain something to you that you'll never understand until the sweet by and by? So he gives you something that's better than knowledge. He gives you a peace that passes all understanding. We're kind of like on an as-need-to-know basis with God. If we need to know, he'll tell us. Now, if you think that that's a little bit harsh on God, let me ask you a question, parent. How many times have you told your children everything that you know? Thank you. And you do it because they're not mature enough, they're not old enough, or a list of reasons that you may withhold information. They won't ever understand until they walk in your shoes. You see, when you look at it from just a plain and common sense perspective, it kind of makes sense, don't it? Daddy knows best. Even, w- even when the lack of knowledge hurts, God knows that I couldn't handle the weight of knowing would crush me even further. And so he teaches me to just come before his presence and pour out my petitions before him. And sometimes he gives answers and sometimes he gives peace, but that's his prerogative. And in either case, he's going to help me get through it. Amen. And so I'm talking about getting through the midnight. Sometimes you're just going to have to bear your heart and let come what may and be thankful for whatever it is that God gives you. And sometimes it takes time. Sometimes it takes patience. Uh, there's been seasons in my life or even months at a time where it didn't feel like I could, my prayers could get above the ceiling. Amen. Uh, but it was a season of testing my faith. Would I believe God's word when I didn't sense his presence? Uh, but God's doing that to teach us how to stand on his infallible word because it will bear any weight that you put on it walking through the midnight hour lift him up in praise lift to him your petitions and uh, number three i want to say this listen to him in prayer don't make the mistake of doing all the talking when you're praying because after all prayer is a two-way conversation amen Everybody knows that person that you can't get in a word edgeways with when you start talking to them. Amen. Do you enjoy, quote unquote, talking to people that won't shut up and that won't listen to you when you have something that you want to say? Amen. How do you think our Father feels when you come into His presence and you pour, dump all of your burdens on Him and then you leave before He has a chance to respond? Hello. Take some time to listen. If you, if you do nothing, you say, I don't know what that looks like. Well, it's real simple. Just zip your lips. <laughs> Open your ears. Read your word. Let the Holy Spirit do some talking. Amen. And I'm having a little fun with this, but you know it's the truth. Amen. Listen to him. Listen to him because when you open up your ears, he said, open your mouth wide and I will feel it. If, well, if you open your mouth wide and he'll feel it, don't you reckon he'll open it? If you open your ears up, you'll feel them too. Amen. Uh, verse 8 of chapter 27, when thou sayest, seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, thy face, Lord, will I see. You see, he got into prayer with the Lord and the Lord spoke. And what did the Lord tell David to do? Seek ye my face. And sometimes all God's going to tell you is keep searching. Don't give up. Keep looking. Keep reading the Word. Keep praying. Keep believing me. Don't quit. Because what if your answer doesn't come in a single verse, but in 
an array of multiple verses that it's going to take you some time to discover and let the Holy Spirit stitch it all together and make it sense to you. What if your answer comes in phases and in classes that are built one upon another? What if like Jesus told his disciples, he said, many things I have to say to you, but you're not yet able to receive them. What if he wants to give you the answer, but it's like five lessons away from where you're at right now, but he can't even give you those lessons because you're not searching for him. Amen. He'll, he'll give you answers in parts to lead to the whole. The Bible says the Spirit of God will lead and guide you into all truth. You've been listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle. If you enjoyed today's message, we invite you to subscribe to True North on your favorite podcast app. Be sure to share these with your friends and family, too. This could be a great way to start a conversation about Christ and study the Word together. If you have any questions about what you heard today or would like to request prayer, please get in touch with Pastor Gary by emailing contact at garycoddle.com. That's contact at garycoddle.com. True North is a ministry of Gary Cottle Ministries. You can find out more by visiting our website, garycoddle.com. Would you like to come worship with Pastor Gary? Simply visit garycoddle.com for more details on where he pastors and how you can plan a visit. If you're not in the area, we still encourage you to find a local church body where you can learn from God's Word and spend time with other believers. It will be a place for you to grow in faith find support, and serve in ways you are uniquely designed to. With that, our time with you has come to a close today. Join Pastor Gary next time for more right here on True North.